Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Best Pictures Podcast. I'm Ian, and this is Maggie. And on this episode, we're doing the 17th Best Picture winner, Going My Way. Yeah, so first off, it's been a while since we've recorded. How, how you how you doing? How you feeling? Oh, I'm I'm great. Holidays are a whirl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, so right before we jump into Going My Way, um, I actually wanted to bring up, we got an email from a listener, which makes us super happy, um, but they provided some really cool additional context for us. So back in our Mrs. Menever episode, we talked about how at the end they were playing Pomp and Circumstance and felt a little weird for us. We were like, we associate that with graduation. Yeah. Well, according to our very nice listener, Michael, during World War One, the composer, Sir Edward Eljar, Elgar? Elgar. Elgar. Yeah. Okay. Elgar. Yeah, you're the music person. You should probably be oh, taking no. this one. His, uh, oh, what was it? Enigma and Variations. Beautiful piece of orchestral work. Anyway, <laughs> continue. <laughs> um, but uh, Edward Elgar reworked the tune into a song entitled Land of Hope and Glory, and it became very well known throughout the British Empire and was considered like a very patriotic hymn, which makes a lot more sense for the ending of that movie. Uh, Michael also sent us a link to a YouTube video of it, so I will be sure to post that on the Twitter. Yeah. Thank you, Michael. That's that. I, I had a feeling we were missing something, and so it's nice to have that yeah. like, piece filled in. Yeah, so, you know, any listeners out there, if you guys have that additional context, like, we love that kind of thing. So, like, please, please, please send it in. Oh, yeah. As I told Maggie, like, we're not professionals, and we don't know everything. <laughs> we just really enjoy classic films. Yeah, so. so any additional tidbits you guys can provide, like, we'd love to share them out. So Definitely. Thanks, Michael. Okay, so, so going, going to into, going my way. Absolutely. Going My Way is a 1944 American musical comedy drama directed by Leo McCary, starring Bing Crosby and Barry Fitzgerald. So up front, I had some thoughts on this film. I did too, but I think that... So my personal opinion is that the way that I kind of changed throughout watching the film mirrored a lot of what the characters did. So you have like Haynes Jr. who's trying to be this hard-ass, like landlord of sorts what was I, there was slumlord is that really more what i'm looking Probably, for Probably, <laughs> yeah. um but then he's kind of converted into a really compassionate upstanding person or at least that's what mm -hmm. we're supposed to believe based on how his character arc yeah. goes um and similar to me i was really grumpy with uh o'malley being's character at the very <gasps> beginning how dare you <laughs> i just was i well i was grumpy with the whole situation just like yeah. all of it. Well, and we can go more into that once we hear the actual story. Um, I just wanted to kind of point out that I think this movie is part of an interesting pattern. And for me personally, I think this movie suffered a bit in comparison to the run of movies we had leading up to it. So the five movies before this in order were Gone with the Wind, Rebecca, how Green Was My Valley, Mrs. Miniver, and Casablanca. Yeah, it is a letdown in comparison yes. to so, those. <laughs> but I think it's interesting because all five of those films are very serious dramas. So this is a comedy. And then the movie we had before Gone with the Wind was You Can't Take It With You, which was also a comedy. Four or five years before that film, you have It Happened One Night, which is another comedy. So I feel like while the majority of Best Picture winners tend to be more serious dramas, it's like roughly every five years, the Academy almost needed a palate cleanse and would well, and choose this was a comedy. In the like midst of major worldwide upheaval. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that makes a lot of sense to me, and especially the way they kind of wove in the wartime like air force aspect to yep, it again it's, it's pretty it's minimal light, and i have some thoughts on that as well 
But I, I just thought that was like kind of an interesting pattern. Oh, yeah. Every uh, five years. I'm, but, we're going to have to look through that and see if that continues. Yeah. Um, but this, you know, a brief synopsis, because I don't think this is one of the more well-known Best Picture winners, um, but a young priest played by Bing Crosby is taking over a parish from an established old veteran and like the parish is in a little bit of trouble. They need to raise money for a mortgage. A There's, lot like, of trouble. <laughs> a lot of other subplots woven in, but that's the general gist. Um and then I'm going to kind of speed through the rest of background and we'll get into the meat of this because I think yes, there's actually please. quite a lot to discuss. So it was followed up the next year by a sequel, The Bells of St. Mary's, which in my opinion is a much better film. Oh, really? Oh, it has okay. Ingrid Bergman. Oh, okay. Well, and basically, say no more. <laughs> any, yes, any issue I had with this film, I think The Bells of St. Mary's addresses. And that film, I think, is much more well-known. Mm-hmm. Um after World War II, Bing Crosby and Leo McCary presented a copy to Pope Pius XII. Good um, for him. Yeah. Um, it was nominated for 10 Academy Awards and won seven. Um, best Picture, obviously. Leo McCary won Best Director. Bing Crosby won Best Actor. Um, Barry Fitzgerald won Best Supporting Actor. It won for Best Writing. It won for Best Original Story. The song Swinging on a Star won for Best Song. I have a major issue with that because another nominee from that year was the trolley song from Meet Me in St. Louis, which is a million times better. Uh, the swinging on the star, like yes. <laughs> specifically that one. I was like, oh, this is cute, but this is going on for way too yes. long. <laughs> um, Barry Fitzgerald was also nominated for Best Actor. That's the only time in history that an actor has been nominated for both Best how, Actor and Best Supporting Actor for the same work? role. I have no freaking clue. I feel like this is a double I Jeopardy situation know. here. Yeah, but. I know. I was like, I don't know. why. I wonder if just like enough people were like, no, he was like a main actor in the film. And enough people were like, no, he was a supporting actor in the film. I don't know. Anyway, um, it was also nominated for black and white cinematography. Mm-hmm. And um, it got beat by Laura, though, which you've never seen. I know. But trust me. It was deserved a deserving it. winner. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was also nominated for best film editing. Uh, the 17th Academy Awards was also the first time the complete award ceremony was broadcast nationally, so on radio. Oh, that's nifty. Mm-hmm. And um, it's the first year the Best Picture category was limited to five pictures. I did notice that when I was looking yeah, through the list. Yeah, so the other nominees were Double Indemnity, Gaslight, Since You Went Away, and Wilson. So Sounds like a list of heavy films. It was a, <laughs> it was a good year for film, though, because also Mimi and St. Louis and um, Laura came out that year. And then there, I think there was one other one that I noted that came out that year that was really good. But I'm sure I'll find it in my notes eventually. But yeah, so it was a good year for film. Um, I'm not sure I would have had Going My Way win. So I'll take your word for it. I would have given it to Gaslight. <laughs> okay, so we need to sit or down Laura, and Or like, Laura, even though Laura these. wasn't even nominated, I would have given it to Laura over that. Or <laughs> Bibi and St. Louis, honestly. But is or this a situation Or Double Indemnity, where... I would have given it over that because I actually rewatched Double Indemnity last night. Oh, and you were you were on board with it? Yeah. Yeah. What, but is this also kind of a case of a film potentially not aging as well as it could? I think that's definitely a part of it. Also, this was the highest grossing film of that year, and Bing Crosby was the biggest box office star at the time. I mean, it's Bing Crosby. The thing is, I... Okay. Well, and I think he does a really great job in it. I'm fine with his best actor win. I'm completely Mm -hmm. fine with it. Um, You know, I did look through, like, both the actor and actresses categories, and it was not a great year for actors, honestly. It was a phenomenal year for actresses. Mm -hmm. So, like, the best actress category was absolutely stacked. Best actor category, it was, like, there were a couple good ones, but and I think Bing was one of them, but it wasn't as hard of a a race, I think. 
Well, I honestly, okay, and don't, I, I deserve all of the flack I'm going to catch for this. Um, did not realize Bing Crosby acted. Oh, sweetie. Oh, sweetie. <laughs> I know. I'm oh, such sweetie. a sweet summer child, oh, right? Oh, <laughs> my God. Have you never seen White Christmas? No, I haven't. I wanted to watch it over Christmas, I but my, heart my just family had seen it the morning of Christmas, and we it's got in It's still on in Netflix. Just freaking watch it. But it's not Christmas time. Ian, Unacceptable. it's so acceptable for this movie trust me or watch holiday in like oh i or any of the bob hope being crosby road movies I know, those are I'm absolute the worst. joys i'm the worst um <laughs> there are some social issues with the way those aged though there well but hey understand that yeah. that is like um, what's gonna happen in but if you can years. if you can just look at those bits and be like that's not okay and then move on then they're d- delightful okay <laughs> <laughs> well i will take a moment at some point in the somewhat near future. Oh, you wound me. Actually, just watch Bells of St. Mary's. Bells watch of St. Mary's. One. Okay, perfect. Just watch the sequel. No, he was great. Like, again, yeah. I'm well, also and okay he's, his win. He's so charming. And in general, his performance and um, who is the main priest? Did I say Barry Anderson? Uh, no, Fitzgerald, because he played Fitzgibbons. Why did I say Fitz, Anderson? Fitz, Fitz. Yes. No, I didn't think you said Anderson. No, I just said, was his name Barry Anderson? And oh, I was like, why yeah. did I think it was Anderson? <laughs> Barry Fitzgerald. Um. I, I call thought, him Fitz, and it's appropriate for both his real name and his stage name. Literally in my notes, the character is just Fitzgibbs. Fitzgibbs. But uh, yeah, Barry, uh, Barry Fitzgerald, who played Father Fitzgibbons, um, his performance and Bing's performances, I thought, were very good and extremely natural. Mm-hmm. Literally every other character in this film, I was like, why? Okay, not literally every other literally character. Literally every other character. Carol, I had a big problem with. Huge oh problem my god, with Carol. when we introduced her, she was like doing silent film acting well, in the mid 40s. I don't think it's just her either, but it was just like the way her character was written was like horrible. Like yeah, it was it so flat. Great. It was just this like horrible caricature and like so huge issue with her character. I did not like either of senior or junior Haynes. The kids got on my last freaking nerve with their their accents. They're like super, oh my gosh. super New York accents. I'm not even going to try and parody that because like. It was a parody of a parody already. Yeah. Like, but hey, you had to know they were from New York, Maggie. Come on. But like it was killing <laughs> me. Like, But like Bing and Fitzgerald. Like, no, they were really they good. They did really good. But, but literally everybody What about else. Jenny? I thought she was fantastic. She was fine. But, like, I have issues with that subplot because I think throughout this movie, one, it was really long. It was too long for what it needed to be. I mean, yeah. 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 The um, whole, like, starting from the golf well, scene on didn't and need that. what you would – there are a lot of subplots that I was like, we don't need all of them. And what you would think would be the climax of the film happened halfway through where and Father that- Fitzgerald finds out that Father O'Malley Bing's character has actually been sent to take over the parish because Fitzgerald's getting old. And he, like, has this, like, crisis of identity and then, like, kind of runs away for a bit. And I'm like, that you think would be the climax of the film. No, because I the way paused it at that point and was like, oh, there's an hour left? Yeah, oh, same. okay. <laughs> Me too. I looked at how much time was left and I was like, what are we going to do for another hour? And that happened to me again after we – so it was what – I expected the film to kind of end on like a really happy note with O'Dowd and O'Malley and Fitzgerald. I'm sorry, Fitzgibbons. I'm going to mess that up. Fitzy. Um, Playing checkers there because that was like a really neat pat way to end a film that I I think probably needed. I mean, I liked the way it ended, but in 
what I do. They should have like cut out yes. all the stuff in between the crisis of identity and yes. the end. Basically, this is this would be how I would fix this movie. It would be like I'm cutting out the subplot about the church being in trouble because first off, I was like, it's a Catholic church in the middle of New York. Why are they having these? Large financial troubles. Also, want to talk about one of the richest organizations like in the world? It's one of the richest organizations. And you may be like, oh, they're in a poor New York neighborhood. That is where the crux of the Catholic base was at the time was in the poor neighborhoods because you had all of that immigration in the early 19th century. So most of the like wealthier part of New York would have been Anglican or, you know, Anglican roots. So Protestant. And then it was the influx of immigrants from places like ireland and italy and stuff like that who were very catholic so the church actually drew a lot of its political power in the city from that like massive lower class base so there's no way they're letting that church have these financial troubles so i had a huge issue with that also they set that up don't revisit it for the first half of the film and then bring it back at the end so i was like you could get rid of that subplot you can get rid of the that whole golfing sequence like we don't need that it was cute though. at all like it was cute but i was like they were they were making it, up it's way too way it was too, too long. long is the problem um it's way too long i didn't need it and like basically the whole first half of this film which is what i thought the entire film was going to be about is you know i guess a little similar to you can't take it with you where you have the clash between generations mm-hmm. and it's like the young Father O'Malley coming in with like the way he treats the parishioners differently, where he kind of approaches them as individuals. He doesn't lecture. He sort of leads by example, gets to know them. And, you know, I love he has a line where he's talking about his take on religion. He's like, it doesn't need to be fire and brimstone. It can be happy. That was the scene where he was playing the piano for uh, Haynes Jr. and Carol. Yeah. Wasn't it in their Yeah. Apartment? And no. I love like that, that summation of his character where he's like so much about like, like you know helping individual people the way that they need to be helped instead of you know having this like halfway yeah there's no like spiritual cure-all for him like Mm -hmm. he's like you know your people i'll treat you like people like we can let's use religion to to make you happy fitzgibbons you haven't been to mass in 10 months yes and that's how fitz uh, fitzgibbs as i will be calling him judges people's like worth is he's like you know They've been to mass. Like, he's like, don't believe the police officer. He hasn't been to mass in 10 years. But he's like, oh, the kid that stole something. Like, no, he comes from a good Catholic family. They're always at church. Like, his way of judging people is kind of antiquated and stuff. So I mm-hmm. thought the whole mo- the entire movie was going to be that clash of personality. It was going to culminate with Fitzgibbs finding out that, you know, O'Malley had been sent there to replace them. There was going to be this huge, like, conflict around that. And then something, you know, using the choir – they're going to make up. So, like, basically, okay. Also, the church burns down randomly at one point, okay, which I was like, that why? That really pissed me off. This is what I wanted. I would want to do. Have Father O'Malley come in. Have the introduction of him be the same. Because I actually liked that, where he's, like, playing baseball in the street, and you have well, yeah. Mrs. Quim, who's the worst. Is it Quim or Quip. Quim? Quimp. Quimp. Q-U-I-M-P. Yes. I had to watch it with she subtitles. She is the worst. She needs honestly, to mind her own business. Yes. Like, Jesus She's, Christ. like, the worst version of Miss Marple. Oh, she's terrible. I'm not even going to like put her on Miss Marple. Like, yeah, Miss Marple, Marple doesn't alone. deserve that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but like, you know, I liked his introduction and everything. And you know, there's the introduction of his friend, uh, Father O'Dowd, aka Father Tim. Tim. <laughs> um, and like, you know, kind of having that clash. So you have all yeah. that. 
I want there to be like more fight over like how they're like getting these young hooligans off the street and stuff. Have something lead to the kids burning down the church. Father Fitzgibbs being like super mad, like this is it, like with Ooh, Father like they O'Malley over a candle or something. Yes, and yeah. then him going to the bishop, finding out that Father O'Malley is actually in charge and he's being replaced, him having that, like, crisis, him running away, them, like, finding him, bringing him back. Choir sings Tura in the church, the burnt-out church, and then we have, like, our ending. Like, I mean, obviously, like, you would have, like, more stuff there, but that's kind of, like, the sequence that I would have wanted. Yeah, I still... So for, for the film to work, I still think that there needed to be some aspect of like okay it's burnt down but how are we going to rebuild there needs to be some addressing of that which i think they tried to do with that song storyline where it was like oh let me try to sell and like the opera yeah the opera singers there and they're trying to sell like bing's songwriting which i was like he doesn't like we i just didn't need that like i felt like it got too complicated there were too many subplots and they didn't explore any of them thoroughly that's fair i mean when we were introduced to jenny and she just like pulls being off the street, I was like, "Who okay. the fuck is this? I and why are we in a theater?" I love that scene, though. The, the scene, scene of I them loved, talking in the dressing the room. The meeting was like totally not. I was not on board with that. I love the bit though where she's in the dressing room and he's outside the dressing room and she has not discovered he's a priest yet. Oh, and, and then the reveal. She's talking about the letters because it turns out that Jenny, who's now this big opera singer, is like kind of his ex. Mm-hmm. And she was like, you know, you wrote me the letters when I was in Switzerland. You wrote me the letters when I was in Budapest. So that then and then I, like, I go to South America. And, and the, the letters, letters stop. Well, and don't and get me like, wrong. And she's like, why did they stop? And goes out and see, he's yep. taken off his overcoat. She sees the priest collar. And I loved her reaction because it was like surprise, but she wasn't angry no, in there any was, way. Or but the like, thing is, she has so much compassion on her face, like the entire movie. I, I, and I liked her character quite a bit. Yeah. I wish we'd introduced her a little bit sooner. Maybe get rid of Carol altogether. I could do without Carol. Have maybe have Jenny hands. introduced sooner and then have, you know, his friendship with Jenny can be like another tense subject between O'Malley and Fitzgibbs. Yeah. <laughs> via Mrs. Quimp. <laughs> that would that would have been more more compact. Yeah. I will say so it did win for writing. And there were like shining moments in the writing but you don't like the overall construction and i'm with i you on also that. really hated most of the dialogue i thought really? bing, i thought bing and fitz gibbs had really good dialogue everybody else i was oh, like see, that's what, what i'm talking about <laughs> yeah yeah no i thought when even all of theirs wasn't great like they had some some like like fitz gibbs had some really great one-liners mm-hmm and, like, there were scenes that were beautiful, like the Jenny scene and her monologue was really beautiful. The one where they're uh, sharing, is it, was it whiskey? Yes, with the music box. Yeah, the whiskey with the music box. And that's where we get the, you know, beautiful Irish folk song, which my dad used to sing my sister and I as a lullaby. Aww. Did not know it was from this movie either until I was watching it. And I was like, wait a well, minute. Well, is it from this movie? It was originally, I looked it up. <laughs> it was originally written in 1913. And it was popular at the time, but fell out of style, was repopularized by this movie. Guarantee you this movie is where my dad heard it. Oh, I wasn't challenging that. <laughs> I was just more like, this predates the movie, I'm sure. It, yeah, it, it did predate the movie. This, But this movie brought it back into popular culture. But yeah, so. I just have to be a little bit difficult, anyway. you know. <laughs> so I liked that part a lot. But... Okay. Well, 
with that being said, do we want to move into some more chronological watch notes? Yeah, we can step through. I think we can step through pretty quickly because oh, we yeah, hit agreed. a lot of our main points, I mm-hmm. feel like. So I guess the first big set of scenes that I want to talk about is the introduction we get to Father O'Malley. So at the very beginning, we get the scene with the Haynes being hard asses about the mortgage that the church has and like, oh, you better pay us or we're going to foreclose. And I literally just have like several bullets of notes. That's like, I don't understand this due to my understanding of his story of like history. I mean, yeah, I did really like one line in here, though, where it's like everything. Everyone thinks you are, you're a heel if you loan to a church. And it's like, well, aren't you? And of course I am. So like at least they yeah. own their assholery. Like, I have some yeah. respect for that, even if I wish they would change their ways. I just, yeah. Having that self-awareness is important, I think. But anyway, that was still kind of a throwaway scene. It was I, like, I think that was supposed to be some sort of comedy to get the ball rolling. But it's also like, there I were, hate you So too. like I said, this is a musical comedy. I Not a lot of the jokes landed for me. I mean. I was like, you tried to joke there. <laughs> well you recognized it again this might have been the not aging so well so uh anyway but then we get introduced to miss quimp and o'malley in one scene which i really loved how they had the kind of uh well okay don't hate me for using the stereotype the hens in the window (laughs) yeah all like gossiping across the way with father o'malley and like kind of picking on miss quimp and being like you're such a blowhard of course go away like what is her problem what is her problem? Well, I mean, she's this not is, making her rent, so once she again, probably has nothing else going on. This is why women should be allowed to work outside the home. Well, and they If are. people can't work outside the home, all they have to do is sit in their house and be bitter about <laughs> shit. And then you get Mrs. Quimps, and we don't want those. No, we really don't. And what a beautiful naming of a character. Oh, yeah. It's a good, it's a good like, name. It matches her personality perfectly. So I'm super on board with that. But I love the way they kind of switched between the shots looking up at the different uh, parishioners. I assume they're parishioners in the window and like talking to Father O'Malley on the mm-hmm. street. And you had some really neat camera angles here, which I was a major fan of. So like that cinem- portion of cinematography I really, really liked. Um but I will say, I was kind of, like, incredulous at the fact that Miss Quimp was like, you don't know where your parish is? I'm like, he's new he didn't here. have Google Maps. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> no, Ian, if you're a priest, you're supposed to just know God will lead you. Obviously. That's how that works. Where's the star? <laughs> <laughs> um, then we also get another scene with the baseball uh, game with the kids yeah. in the street. And I really like this because it gave us some insight into the fact that Father O'Malley is supposed to be kind of this relaxed yeah, I'm he's in so the community. chill. I'm going to go do this fun thing with the kids because he has to go. So they need a right fielder. So, hey, yeah, let's do it. And then, of course, you when, get the and trope. Bing Crosby's very charming and like, yeah, he's, scarily he's just so. got like a crazy, soothing voice. So you're just like, yeah, I, he could get I it. I think I had a nose. So <laughs> <laughs> I was definitely thinking that multiple points in the movie, which he's a priest, though. So maybe not. But <laughs> well, it's also funny to me because even young Bing Crosby looks like a 40 year old man. I mean, um let's not go into that subject <laughs> anyway <laughs> but uh but no it's i do have a note that i was like um because i'm not catholic mm-hmm. but i was like you know being crosby like that's the kind of priest that like i could get behind like like he's so relaxed and chill and yeah. like he, well and he cares about doing good yes. not doing religion he care he cares about doing good not like checking off the list oh, like exactly. his i feel like his the way he you know judges good is based on you know very much like 
action and intention and right. not like are you like checking did the you boxes come to mass in the last did you months? come to mass like are you checking the boxes for what like is the like prescribed mm-hmm. sort of accepted version of like good according to like these laws that were laid down centuries ago <laughs> right and even in the scene with the one homeowner, I presume he was a homeowner that had his window broken, and I got he's like, "So pissed off at this guy." Oh my god! Well, and then they have to go and be like, "I'm a superstitious atheist." What the fuck does that mean? Well, I, it was a joke. I think the idea. I he hope was like, it of was course a joke. You are. I think it was a it was a joke because he's like, "I don't believe in like God or anything," but he believes in like you know like superstitious things. So. I, I think it, it, it was definitely a joke, but like that guy, I was like, why are you yelling at the priest? And he's like, you broke my window. I'm like, he obviously didn't break your window. And he's yeah. like, I'll pay for it. And the guy's like, I know what parish you're in and it's economically struggling. And I'm like, again, I'm not buying that. Well, and this is where I was so frustrated for O'Malley here. Yeah. Cause it's like, again, he says it, I think at least twice, maybe three times. It's like, I'm sorry and I'll pay for it. And the guy just won't take it. Yeah, the guy's like, I, I, like, you just won't accept that you will, and then he gives him this like beautiful rosary for. He's like, do you want collateral? Like, I don't yeah. understand what I can do, but he does. O'Malley, he's he's forceful, he's persistent, but mm-hmm. he does keep his cool. Exactly. And so again, we're getting a really good introduction to him as a character, and we really like him. And this is again, I think maybe it wasn't so elegant in terms of writing, but I loved these first few scenes for that reason they're, that we know exactly. They're a really who good character Bing introduction. Is. Exactly. So, I will give it that. <laughs> yeah when well, i will say like you know going into the movie i was liking the beginning a lot more i think it just kind of lost its way and oh its agreed focus. agreed well you know when you have to give being like 1800 opportunities to sing he like, only sang five songs ways. really yeah um, only it was five <laughs> i'm just being i about just it. wait Ian. we're gonna hit a stretch in the future that has a lot of musicals okay but here's the just thing i didn't wait. think this was a musical so much as it was a dramedy with musical interludes well this is the old style I musical see there's a huge difference because it's like well remember there you see kind of a stylistic shift in musicals that i think we're starting to approach that point after ziegfeld but, who did things like showboat where it was like a no kidding musical on stage oh yeah, remember that's we're a very good point movies yep. and stage they're yep. slightly different mediums Pretty different mediums. I mean, yes. But like, and you also have, you know, Bing Crosby, who is probably the most famous popular crooner of all time. Mm-hmm. Like, you're going to give him, you know, Bing Crosby doesn't need a massive musical number. My favorite song that he sings in any movie, any recording of him ever is in White Christmas. It's him singing White Christmas to a music box. Like, that's all he needs. Like, so, to Relu Rale. <laughs> yeah. So, like, sit him in front of a piano. Let him play and sing. That's and all did. you need for him. It just and like, I agree. I just am not pleased with how it doesn't fit or drive the narrative forward, except in like one or two cases. Well, I think you would be more pleased if the songs were better. The because songs think, were well, bad. think, think about the ones that you probably had issue with. The one that won, what was it? Swing, swinging on a star. That one I only had an issue with because it was like the fourth of the five songs it was like or a something bad, like that. I did not like that song. I was like, this it wasn't one. great, but it was cute though with like the boys choir. Well, and, like, and you know, I'm going to take back a little bit what I said because I'm thinking of Mimi and St. Louis, which is the same uh-huh. year. The songs definitely are weaved within the story yeah. and they drive the story. And I wish but, they would. But uh. like, again, you know, it's a Bing Crosby movie, so it's going to be a little bit different Yeah. Um, at this stage anyway, like. But um, I don't accept it. I mean, that's fine. <laughs> you don't have to, I guess. But like, 
the title song of the film, Going My Way, which also, we were like halfway through the film and I was like, why is this film called Going My Way? Like, I feel like there could be a better title. And like, as I'm thinking, like, as I have that thought, like five times, as I have that thought, they say the title and they sing the Going My Way song. It's not a good song. There's a reason that the music execs passed it up. Yeah, <laughs> that's all it's I'm a gonna say. Bad song. <laughs> Even um, when Jenny sings it, which was gorgeous, but no, no. But like, you like when he does Ave Maria, like that's beautiful. And like when it he's is, singing but... Silent Night to just the choir doing the notes, it's and beautiful. See, that I actually liked because that happened in the middle of the film where. Um, Fitz was like, "Oh, I hate three blind mice," and then he runs off to the bishop. Which, and immediately me too, we get Fitz. The... I hated the early three blind mice. But you had to get horrible. him in, involved. That well, was and the then, thing. And then you get to see the choir grow and become good. And by the end, they're yes. touring with Jenny. So, like, there's no, a reason behind that's that. That's why I liked Silent Night in that context because yeah. it showed this like he's working with these kids to get them to a point where they can like sing in church and do like the traditional boys' choir thing. Right. So I loved that part, but that's where. I, well, it, because I don't know. it's it's part of the plot. It's also a beautiful song. Yeah, yeah, it is. Well, it's also a simple song. There's what three chords. <laughs> but like, it's you know, it's it, it, it was fit. It was really pretty. So like, it's I think a huge issue with kind of the original songs in this movie is just that they're not that good. Well, and they don't. I personally don't think they. Okay, don't hate me. Okay. They're plot devices. <laughs> That's like, not what plot device means. They are. They move the plot forward. Plot, de- plot device, one, in the context that we usually talk about it, is more of a character. Like, an event that happens will always be a plot device because plots are a series of events. When you're talking about a character being a plot device, you're saying that character does not grow or change. Like, literally, that character is there so that something can happen to that character that will then fuel other characters arcs. to do something yeah yeah okay fair well i'll take that back okay, there we go. <laughs> well but they are but they again ian it's an event <laughs> so every event is, is a, a plot, plot device yeah. because they create plot so i'm just gonna buy you a book of literary terms <laughs> <laughs> i could probably use it it's fine <laughs> I'll, I'll own that um but but no like they're like they're not great songs they stick out like yeah versus the ones that were not specifically written for the movie are beautiful Mm -hmm. and woven in super nicely like you know we were saying the irish folk song it's beautifully sung and it's done in this you know very nice moment between fitzgibbs and o'malley yeah which i really like yeah and i love the way they bring it back at the end with the choir singing it for fitz yes that was oh okay we need to keep going so okay. we can get to that scene because Sorry. that scene is my favorite. And I cried. I don't know if I you didn't did. cry. I think I did audibly say, aw. Well, but that's about all you know, I got. for you, that's like great. <laughs> Whoa. No, uh, excuse okay. you. I have cried during almost every movie. Like, I talk about like crying and tearing cry. up in so many movies. But not at this one? No. Okay. Well, we'll get there. <laughs> so then, like, I think. We get a series of introductions to more characters. Mm-hmm. Like we get the first meeting of O'Malley and Fitzgibbs. Really likes that scene actually. It where was. He walks he, in Well, because he got that water truck went mm-hmm. by and so he got super wet. And so um, the secretary or the housekeeper, whatever her actual position is, but she's talking to 
Fitzgibbs and she's like, oh, yeah, he said he wanted to change before he met you. And he's like, oh, so nice for him to tidy himself up. And Bing walks in in his like school sweats. Oh, my gosh. That was delightful. I want that sweatshirt so badly because at the end of the scene he turns around to and it's leave the monkeys it's the see no yep. evil hear no evil speak no evil monkeys and i was like <laughs> i want that so badly <laughs> noted yeah. um but he's like on the phone with his, you know bing gets on the phone with his good friend father tim o'dowd okay, who i, I really out, love i do love them but the fact that they're singing their high school alma mater just like blows my mind i freaking i loved it the first time they do it again the second time and the second time they do it i was like please don't sing the whole thing but the first time they do it over the phone it's kind of funny because you're getting Fitzgibbs' reaction at one point being holds the receiver up to Fitzgibbs' ear so he can hear <laughs> tim o'dowd <laughs> singing it yeah so uh, that was a like funny moment and especially like right before that phone call um fitzgibbs was on the phone with miss quimp and so the fact well, I that i like that bing knows who it is because oh, she yeah, had threatened to call out i loved it it was so good um so there were again were comedic moments in this that i was super on board with there mm-hmm. um so some more character like building for um, Father O'Malley happens kind of in the next couple scenes. So this is where uh, Father O'Malley comes back and Fitz, uh, Fitzgibbs was like, oh, where is he? What's he doing? And the housekeeper was like, oh, he's already out and doing things. Yeah. And of course, Fitzgibbs assumes that he went to the market and wasn't doing house calls. And it's like, oh, here's these puppies. And OK, awesome. The The puppies were a little bit throwaway in that scene. but Although I liked... Fitzgibbs had a nice zinger about the uh the woman who gave it to them. Oh, yes. Miss um, McGonagall. Yeah, he's like, um, you know, she always gives presents. It's something like you. All, she always gives presents that you don't want or something exactly. like, like that. Exactly, like when her husband died and <laughs> apparently she gave Fitzgibbs uh, like a whole bunch of his clothing. <laughs> yeah, he was like, why? <laughs> Which cracked me up. But this is also, I didn't know at this point that he, uh, O'Malley was in charge until Timmy comes over in the same right, general that's, scene. That's and when, that's the reveal for yeah, us. Yeah, we're told. Um, which I I have some feelings on the way they handled Fitzgibbons in general. He was a little inconsistent. Well, he just has such a fragile ego. I don't they had think, to do so much to like accommodate him. I don't him. think that's out of place, though. I mean, with for, someone that started the church and was there for 45 years. I don't think it's okay. out of place for old people. Well... Hey, you get set in your ways. <laughs> but like, I mean, you know, he's been in charge of this place for a mm-hmm. really long time. I'm sure he really cares about it. So like, it would be a blow to be told like, you're getting old. We're replacing right. you. Like, that's going to be a blow to anybody. So I, I don't think that it was like a a bad thing. I just wanted like more setup for it yeah. a little bit. Yeah. And like, honestly, I would have liked Fitzgibbs to be a little... um. Not more harsh, but just a little bit more kind of grumpy and like a little bit more clearly set in his ways at the beginning. You didn't think he was? I He did. was, but then there were weird moments of like him thawing, but too early in the film, I felt. Okay. Like when he's giving Bing the tour. I, yes, I will be calling O'Malley Bing the whole time. I mean, time. I've like, been doing Bing. it too. It's Come fine. <laughs> but like, he's giving Bing the tour and Bing does that bit where he jumps over the hedge that's I love, which I was like, oh, look at Bing being athletic. Because <laughs> if you've ever seen him in like a Fred Astaire movie and stuff, like Bing can't dance. So it's a lot of him <laughs> singing beautifully and Fred Astaire dancing around. Um, but uh, anyway, so it's, 
you know, later you have O'Malley walking through the garden himself and he kind of like looks like he he's going to try like, and don't jump break it. a hip. I know. But it's like one of those things where I was like, I, I, I liked the idea of that, but it felt too early. Oh, see, I, I liked where that was placed actually. Cause that felt, cause I thought that happened after the reveal about him not being in charge anymore. I don't think so. Oh, okay. Uh, anyway, wherever it fell. Yeah. But yeah, the, the thing with the reveal about O'Malley being in charge, I, like the way they were handling Fitzgibbs was more like I saw that as more of a development of Bing's character than anything on Fitzgibbons, if that makes sense. So, so much of this I kind of saw through a lens of we are seeing how Fitzgibbs, uh, not Fitz, I'm sorry, how O'Malley handles all these different situations. Because then we immediately get the situation with uh, Haynes Jr. trying to kick Miss Quimp out. And that's like I mean, frankly, I'd kick her out too. Let's let's Okay, she's six months behind on her rent. Neighborhood like, is better off <sighs> without her. Oh, I'm not even thinking about the rent. I'm thinking about the good of society. <laughs> I can't stand that character. But she's just all up in everybody's business all the time. All the time. All the time. So then we get some more introductions to like one of the kids who apparently stole a turkey and okay. brought it. I love the turkey dinner scene. Oh, me too. Some that was like some savagery on the part of O'Malley with those comments. Yes, because O'Malley oh sees the kids stealing these turkeys off a turkey truck, and these are the kids who I'm like, I cannot stand their fake ass accents. It, they're really yeah, bad. It's they're not great. really bad, and I'm like, who wrote this dialogue? Like, they're supposed to be little ruffians. No one talks like that. <laughs> um, ruffians do, Maggie. Don't you know? <laughs> no, because I'm not a ruffian, Ian. Okay, you tell yourself. That. <laughs> <laughs> but like he sees, so O'Malley sees the kids stealing the turkeys, and then um, you know, and this is kind of going back to how Fitzgibbs kind of judges people too, because um, the kids bring one of the turkeys to Fitzgibbons, and they're like, "Oh yeah, sir, like for your table," because he, he they're trying to flee through the churchyard. He runs into them. They're like, "We brought you this a live turkey." Yeah, so. It's the turkey's being served for dinner. O'Malley picks up what's happening. He's like, where'd you get the turkey? And he tells him the boy's names. And he's like, okay, um, just so you know, I was talking to, like, I guess the police officer who, like, that's his beat. He was like, I was talking to him. And McCarty. McCarty. And he was saying that um, those kids are not headed in a great direction. And the guy's like, they come from good Christian families. Or no, I think he specifically says good Catholic families. Yes. And like, he's like, 12 kid, 11, no 12 kids for Tony's family. I love how that's how we're defining a good family is. I mean, quiver, a quiverful has been around for a long time, if you know what I'm referencing. Anyway. <laughs> Massive eye roll. Um, But anyway, so he's like. You don't like, just you know, want to be a mother and a homekeeper your entire shoot life? Me. And have 18 kids? No. <laughs> I no. don't blame you. <laughs> People march to get me the rights to vote <laughs> and work so that I don't have to. Hey, there you go. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, you know, according with Father Fitzgibbs, he's like, nope, they check the boxes. They are a good Catholic family. Like, don't say that about that kids. And then that's when he's like, you know, that police officer hasn't been to mass in 10 years. Like, you can't trust him. And Bing's like, okay. And then, of course, the police officer shows up with the two kids Bing gets confirmation that they stole the turkey and gave it to Fitzgibbs. And then he like goes back and sits down. He's like, so um, they were just here with the police officer. Uh, he got them for stealing. And he's like, stealing what? And he's like, a turkey. Well, and what was it? Is uh, It was something like, did the poor man get his turkey? Yeah, because he was like, they robbed a turkey truck. 
All but one. All but one. So and then they look he at passes them just the plain slices of bread, and Fitzgibbs just eats the plain slice of bread. But Bing actually goes back and starts eating the turkey. But I mean, I'm with I him mean, there. Like, it's already there. Don't waste it. But yeah, that was, as I said, savage. Yeah. Well, like this, <laughs> like we were saying, like there are some really, really good scenes in this movie. Mm-hmm. That was one of them. I just, and the scenes that are really, really good are the ones that focus on the Fitzgibbs O'Malley relationship and that are, you know, kind of simple scenes around the two of them. Yep. That's why I don't need a lot of the extraneous subplot. Mm-hmm. And I think there are just Which, too many characters and they're too underdeveloped for the most part. Speaking of uh, extraneous subplot, we then get introduced through McCarty to Carol James, who Again, is a runaway and a Mrs. Quimp her. can mind her own fucking business. Yeah, Miss Quimp was like, McCarty, you should go look at this chick who's like doing no good. And of yeah, course, well, she's like, she's up to no good. And literally, away. she's like standing on a corner. Yeah. And McCarty was yeah. like, so I thought she was a prostitute, but he can't say prostitute because it's postcode. But that's basically what he says, which I do have to say, I was a little conflicted about the scene and the way it's handled because Carol is very young. She is 18. She doesn't she look away. that young, but. No, but it's also 1940s and basically. Like teenagers started dressing like mini adults. Yeah. Okay. Fair. Yeah. So, um, but like, Carol's like, I'm 18, and and I hate the way she's written because she's like, I ran away because like my parents gave me a curfew and like they just don't understand me. And I'm like, don't paint Carol as a villain. You had a really good opportunity here to have Carol like maybe be from not a great home, and then you have Fitz. A, yeah, but instead she's vapid. Well, and then you have a learning opportunity because then yeah. Fitzgibbs can come in and, like he does and be like, you need to just go back to your parents, honor thy mother and father, like da 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 da. And then you can have O'Malley step in and be like, it's not that black and white. Right. That would have been, oh, that would have been It would have so been good. so good. But instead they just, they well, just write like the most horrendous offensive stereotype of yeah. like a teenage girl. And it was not even acted well. No. Is the other part where I'm just like, but that's oh. not her fault. She wasn't like. given a lot to work with, but no. you could have done better than that. Yeah, it's bad. <laughs> and then you get the awkward piano scene where O'Malley's, uh, sorry, O'Malley is like, well, because she says she's a singer. Why are you doing singer. all these hand movements? She which says she's going to be a singer. I'm doing them as I'm talking right now, and they're horrible. <laughs> um, but I do again. The scene I think really just sets up O'Malley to be like, here's ten dollars. Let me be compassionate and a nice person well, and, and do again, good. You know, because Fitzgibbon's like, oh, we can get you work as like a maid taking care of this person's 12 children. And And she's she's like, like, I don't want that. And O'Malley respects that where he's like, where he's like, fits his response, though. Yes. But O'Malley's like, you know, she's a singer. Like, let's try and help her do the thing that That she she wants wants to to do. do that she can be good at. Like, let's basically let's help her in the way that she needs to be helped, because obviously setting this girl with housework is not going to help. Like, She's just going to run away again. Right. But then freaking Fitzgibbons comes in and is like, oh, being a wife and a mother is a good enough start for you. And I'm like, oh, no, you did not. Yeah. You did not fucking do that. And it's like, you're going to stay at the house until the right man comes around? Okay. Like, well, it's, it's, again, and again, like, that's not helpful to Carol. Carol basically ran away because she did not like basically that life in a lot of ways. Like, she did not like the standard what i would say is probably the like american dream life that she was living right with grandma on the couch by 9 p.m (laughs) yeah and so like she runs away so like putting her in a situation that's obviously not suited to her personality is not going to make that better right and again meet people where they are don't make them come all the way to you yeah but so after that scene we get some more interaction with the group of boys that 
uh, O'Malley has taken mm-hmm. on to try and turn into a choir. Some fun interaction between Tony and him. But again, it's like being carrying this scene. Yeah, yeah. Although I will say the slap fight between oh, Tony and that his me up. like I wrote crony down the was dialogue, amazing. The don't hit me on my head. It makes me dopey. You <laughs> <like>, are dopey. <laughs> so again, another fun comedic moment. Um, but that's when they start getting like, I I don't know when he does the chord thing, and it's the immediate like the cloud has opened and the light has come down, and it's the beautiful angel chord. I didn't think it was necessarily like. But, like, the thing is, like, setting up a chord like that and having them just do one note, it's not that hard. Agreed. And, and like, Bings gives them the note to hold. And I actually really liked him, like, kind of figuring out the chord. Yeah, that, I mean, it was fun. I thought that scene was too long. I don't know. A lot of those choir scenes I thought went on too long. I quite liked most of the choir scenes, but I that's because I was like, this is what needs to be the main plot of the movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that I would have liked. And then he could have taken him on tour around everywhere. And I mean, that's they don't we... even need to be on tour. Again, just have like... But we have to rebuild the church, Maggie. Hood- how do they make have money? Have these hoodlum kids burn the church down, have Bing get blamed by Father <laughs> Fitzgibbs, have Fitzgibbs go to the bishop, have the bishop be like, you're not in charge, have Fitzgibbs have a crisis of identity, have him come back to the boys singing in the burnt out church. End of story. What we need. <laughs> I would blood. watch that movie. Thank you. Clink. Um, it's basically called The Bells of St. Mary's. Oh, okay. <laughs> Again, like I said, most of the grievances I have with this movie are fi- like they basically are fixed in Bells of St. Mary's, where okay. it all centers around the conflict between Bing and Ingram Bergman's characters. It's around the school of children, so you have like a couple key children that they help. Yeah. And like the conflict gets resolved at the end, at the climax of the movie, where it should be. Yeah. 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 Fair. So then we get a set of scenes where Fitz comes back from the bishop, is like, oh, God, what just happened? Takes Bing into the study, and they're basically... Is that when they drink the whiskey? No, 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 not yet. This is before the whiskey. And this, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, this is before Fitz throws a tantrum and runs away. Okay, Um, I legit thought Fitz had died. Oh, I did too, and I was like, okay, I'm on. okay with this. The housekeeper lady comes running down the stairs and is like, Father O'Malley, Father O'Malley, and I was like... He's had a heart attack or like the stress was too sleep. much. And then she's like, he's gone. And I was like, he's definitely dead. And then she's like, he ran away. And I was like, wait, what? Uh, yeah. I I also thought that he was going to die, <laughs> which would have been a little died. bit poetic. I don't know. It would have been sad. I would have actually been sad about that. But then I was, again, this is the bit where I like looked at the movie and I was like, we have another hour. <laughs> what are we going <laughs> to do for another hour? A lot, apparently, because they go out searching for Fitz. And of course, it's raining. I'm fine with that. I love well-placed rain. I don't. No rain ever. Anyway, they find him back. There was some funny interaction between McCarty and Fitz where McCarty's like, oh, just say, I was a bad boy. I ran away. I'm sorry. And he's (laughs) like, well, why don't you tell God you're a bad boy and you're sorry for not coming to mass for 10 months? And I'm like, okay. I liked this little quips. Not quips, though. Um, And then he comes in and they're like, oh, my God. Well, it, it was interesting how subtle and quiet the initial meeting was. Um, and I wasn't sure how I felt about that, which I think I was kind of okay with O'Malley not making a big deal out of it, which I think was the compassionate thing to do yes, at the and time. I think it's very in keeping with his character. Yeah, definitely. But then there's the scene where it's like, oh, we have all this food for you. And it's like, okay, I'll take a small portion of each. And then he has the audacity to say, I hope it wasn't too much trouble. I was pissed. You're too much trouble, sir. <laughs> like they just went way out of their way to find you. Well, not find you, but like try and find you and they kept dinner warm and stayed up obviously very late and i was just like don't patronize them come on apologize for being too much trouble 
Or just don't say anything. Exactly. Just thank you is enough. <laughs> yes. Oh, that would have been beautiful. Just a like, nice, quiet thank you after a few exactly. Um, But he did clean his plate. And that's when we do actually get a really sweet scene. Because this is where this being is the whiskey in the music the box. whiskey in the music box scene where he it sings him to sleep scene. it was sweet it and was then we get to know about sweet. his mother in the old country and yeah, like we set that whiskey. up oh he had a great line where he's talking about the bottle of whiskey and he was like oh let me pick up my notes I wrote it down oh um Fitzgibbon says I get a little behind at Lent but it comes out even at Christmas oh about I laughed the, out loud about finishing the whiskey bottle I thought that was <laughs> so like just it oh, was, it was so Catholic. Good. It's very good. It's it's so Irish Catholic. <laughs> yes, yes. But like it was, it's just phrased really nicely. I liked I liked that a lot. Um, and so like like there were like gems of lines like that. But like and they have really good chemistry too. Yeah. Like, again, like just just make the whole movie about them. I yeah. don't need stupid Carol. I don't need the stupid Haineses. I need. I really don't need the Haineses. We don't need less to redeem Mr. Of the boys Haines. talking and more of them singing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm game. Keep Jenny. We're good. Oh, because Jenny, she's just so sweet like all Jenny. the time, like all Jenny. the time. And so this next That actress scene... actually became the definitive Carmen at the Met oh, on, like, nice. for that era. Well, I mean, she did a kick-ass job. Mm-hmm. Well, and Because um, that, that's the next scene is where we yeah. get introduced to Jenny and then we get to see her play Carmen and she's good. Well, and so it, initially I was like, this scene is going on too long because Bing gets to watch from the wings, but they do the nice bit where kind of the choreography hides her from his view on one side and, he and he's like around. craning to look for her. So he runs around to the other side I loved so that it. he can see her. And I, I liked that so nicely. And that was like such a nice touch. I wish we had done away with the Carol subplot, introduced Jenny earlier, maybe explored a little bit more of their relationship. That would have been nice. Cause then, then we get Miss oh, and, and get rid the of the whole, we need to raise money for the church. So now we're going to sell songs. Well, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Didn't need it. Didn't need it. It didn't. There was need stronger it. stuff. But we needed opportunities for Jenny and Bing to sing. Have her help in developing the choir. Oh, that would have been what she did with Ave Maria sing. Right, a and, which bit, is which a is a bit. really nice scene. So like, have like have that still happen, but like you don't need it to be because like the church is in trouble, or if you need it to be because the church is in trouble, have that be after the boys burn down the church and it causes this huge crisis. Like yeah. I. <laughs> Maggie is so done with this right now. <laughs> I, the thing, it's one of those movies where I was like, there were some really good things, but they tried to do too much. Oh, yes. Like they should have just cut some, cut a lot of stuff, it shuffled was 20 some minutes stuff too around. Long. Yeah. Cut a lot of stuff, shuffle some stuff around. And it would have been great. Yeah. So we got to see Carmen, and then we get another scene where now Miss Quimp is like, oh my God, this young woman is having a man over at all hours of the night. Scandal. Yeah. Oh my God. So that's when we get to see Carol's apartment and we understand that Haynes Jr. has become smitten and is like putting her Again, up. Again, I'm conflicted with this scene. I like the way they have Bing handle it though. Oh I like my the way God. O'Malley handles it. It's like the line. leading questions and like up to this point, which he said. Yeah. Yeah. Where they're times. like, what's wrong with that? And he's like, nothing up to this point where he's just basically being like, explain the situation to me and yeah. like, Hopefully it's not inappropriate because the the reason that I'm conflicted about the scene is because Carol is 18. And there's even a bit where Haynes Sr. comes in and he's like, how old are you? And she's like 18. And he says, thank God. Yeah. So because Carol is 18, I am like, how old is Junior? Because that changes everything for me. If Junior's 20, whatevs, who cares? If Junior's 30, 35, 
it's icky. This is really gross. You know, yeah. so like for me, I'm like, if they could have established that like Carol and Junior were close in age, I would have had zero problems. But I was like, I don't know how I feel about this scene because there are some unanswered questions that determine whether or not this is sweet or icky. Right. And we open with her on the piano and the look that Haynes Jr. has on his face, I think in my notes, I literally said it looks like he's going to eat her. Like ah. a lion eats a gazelle. Yeah. <laughs> so I... I don't know. But I, I liked the way they had O'Malley's character handle it. Oh, agreed. That was, again, another point of good writing where I was like, okay, yes. this is part of why it won. Yeah. But then we get finally introduced to why it's called Going My Way because we get that <laughs> horrible song. More than halfway through the film. Yeah. I was like, this is again where I'm like, why is it called Going My Way? Which, okay, when you Which think I about don't it, need I them like... to say. I don't need them to say the title in the film. I don't need there... Agreed. If it's a musical, I don't need there to be a title song. But, like... Oh, no, Maggie, there has to be. Otherwise, how will people know what the title song and what the title is? Oh, my God, you're so right. Brigadoon? Like, if I hadn't had that song, Brigadoon, and Brigadoon, I wouldn't have known what I Brigadoon know was. I you were familiar with Brigadoon. I am, I'm very actually. Imp- I'm very impressed. Surprise. Saw it on the stage first. Um. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm a little impressed with Ian right now. But, like... You know, I the, the title should make sense. Well, in and the it kind of does because it's well, like it does now that they said that thing. Well, but... no, and see, I think it does because again, he's meeting people halfway, and it's like, are you going my way? Here, let me walk with you. Right, but then you, I love but, it. But, but like, you don't need to necessarily say the title, but you do need to have like some sort of establishing thing. Like up to, up until that point in the movie, I was like, I don't know why this is titled this. It's not that catchy. Oh, agreed. But and it honestly makes the movie sound like a rom com. Yeah, the problem with me going my way, I always get confused with Sinatra's me, I did it my way. Oh, why well, it sounds to me like <laughs> it's like somebody like pull like some 1950s guy pulls up in a car and there's like a pretty woman walking down the road and he's like going my way. Like that's Isn't that what that how sounds Haynes like. Met Carol? <laughs> I like the way she says that and he's like I did not say that. This is what I actually said and Bing just goes that's that was worse. worse. <laughs> oh, that was that was good. That was really good. So, anyway, we finally get the introduction there. We understand that we get some development that Bing really likes writing music, and that's a thing that he does. So, okay, yeah. fine. So then, then we get another scene with the boys' choir, and Jenny is visiting, and that's the Ave Maria scene, yes, which, which I is thought gorgeous. was really, really nice. Yeah, didn't. Eh, it's nice. I'm glad we got to see more Jenny. I'm I glad just, that we now understand why Bing is trying to sell love, the stuff because I love Bing singing a good song. Like it's just it, you can't beat it. You can't. He's probably the most um like recorded singer i think he's like sold the most out of any singer ever i think what i'd read is that like the beatles elvis presley and michael jackson are the only people who like have might have beat him hmm. i could see it yeah he's big um but that's when we also start getting introduced to the plight of o'malley and his songwriting and this is where like i think it's admirable that he's like, okay, I'm going to sell songs to try and save the church. Okay, Didn't fine. need this. Didn't need this. Didn't need it. But I did like the the schmaltz isn't selling this season. That was fantastic because I was like, yeah, that song is really schmaltzy and not that great. So some real talk was needed, like badly. And so then we got a scene without O'Malley for once. And this is where Haynes Sr. finally discovers that Haynes Jr. has been pent up with his wife in an so, apartment. So, yes. So there is actually an exchange in this scene that I love. And I have in my notes, fuck, yes, all caps, double underlined after. And that is... Support him. Yes. 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 Oh, when, so good. Uh, senior is like, 
um, you know, my son quit his job. How is he going to support you? And Carol just goes, that's all right. I'll support him. And he was like, you'll live off your wife. And the son says, well, mother was a big help to you, wasn't she, before you got on your feet? And I was like, fuck, yes. So there's a gif of Christina Aguilera on The Voice, like, waving her hand and, like, preach. That was me literally on the couch watching this movie. I was like, (laughs) hell yeah. (laughs) One good thing came out of the Carol subplot. (laughs) (laughs) And then we get to understand that also – Haynes Jr., well, I think what we're supposed to interpret here is that he's had a bit of a change of heart, and now he's going to be a pilot in the military, military. and that's an upstanding thing to do other than be a slumlord. This came out of nowhere. It did. Like, I was like, I wish there had been a conversation between Jr. and Senior. Honestly, I just wish their entire subplot was gone, but if it had to be in there, there needed to be a conversation between Jr. and Senior earlier on where maybe Jr. was like, you know, I've been thinking about, like, maybe I should go join the military. Honestly, why hasn't he been drafted, though? I don't know. Because he's rich? Probably. I don't know. Historically, the rich people have been able to draft Dodge, but I don't... I would think World War II, you had such a large draft. Yeah, I I really don't know. Because he seems pretty able-bodied they take him in like i don't know anyway but there there was a sweet like the father so haynes senior was like i think i failed as a father and then carol does say oh i don't think so yeah. that was like so as much as i think she's kind of a throwaway like there that whole subplot is a throwaway the subplot most dramatic goodbye it well was but not he's well, going to war but it's not well executed it's really not okay think about one of the most dramatic endings ever and that is the end of Casablanca with the like big monologue about how you have to get on that plane and everything it is tear inducing this one I was like I don't believe this at all like they it was so overacted well so yeah overacted. Carol has overacted the entire and then I was film. sitting there just being <laughs> like did why this is where is this coming from I don't understand a lot's going on you haven't explained anything to me like yeah. Anyway, I I hated I, it. Again, sub could have done without the subplot. But they it. got transformed by the touch of going my way priest. We Ooh, could have done that phrasing, in a better not way. Not great phrasing. Yeah. <laughs> um, Are we doing phrasing? <laughs> apparently. <laughs> so I, I don't know. It's fine. It's fine. Then we get the spectacular scene at the Met Opera where they're singing the horrible going my way song. I would rather them been singing in a church and never sing at the Met. Agreed. That would have been better. And the, well, I was about to say the acoustics would have been better, but no. So, um, no, it's the Met. It's the Met, exactly. Um, but then we get the off chance that he sings this swinging from a star. What was the title of that? It, about all star. the animals. You want to be a pig, you want to be a fish, and you have the little spoken word interludes by the kids. I hated the um, interludes. I hated the interludes. But it was supposed to be cute. It was not cute. It was I mean, so annoying. Hey, that's the one that the, the executives bought. I love how we like that song. I was like, it won best song. And we're like, we can't even bother to remember the name of it properly. It was also really long. It was so long. Or it felt long, at least. Probably I don't know. Because it was not great. But that's, I did. Okay. So the executives buy this. The church is saved magically. Yay. Give Bing good songs. Well, yeah. That's, I feel like you should make a poster for that in protest. I mean, if even um, Bing cannot make it work. It's a bad. He song. was doing his damnedest. That's all I'm saying. But it was it was really sweet how it's like, yeah, they're gonna buy the song, but hey, you have to do it my way and give it at church so that we're helping Fitz Gibbs feel better. Again, it reflects more on O'Malley's character than it does on Fitzgibbons, because I still think Fitzgibbons is kind of a prima donna, but he is. Like, okay, that's fine. 
That's fine. Which doesn't make sense because he's supposed to have already had his crisis of conscience. And I mean, come yeah. around as we were shown in that golf sequence. But we're still no te- treating him with it. kids. Well, no, no, no. The golf sequence is next. Is it next? Yeah, because that's when they're like, "Oh, the women's whatever. They don't keep books here. Take a dollar fifty for golf balls." Which I was kind of like, "I was like, that's is that the theft. right thing to do? That's theft. <laughs> <laughs> that's straight up anyway, theft and corruption." That's when they do golf, and they like again are like, "Oh, here, here's your hole in one that he didn't actually make," and. <sighs> It was supposed to be it. them bonding. But I didn't but... need it. I liked the yeah. checker scene better. Like, give me the brief checker scene. Oh, the checker scene. scene was hilarious. Give me the brief checker scene Never later. trust anybody. That yeah. was great. Like, just have that be earlier. Like, I don't... Could have been done better. It definitely could have been done better. Could have been done better. And so this is where we kind of start, like, the church has burned down because there's some suggestion that... Um, Why does the church burn down? Um, It's never explained. Cool. I mean, remember, we're in the cool, 1940s, cool. like buildings are fire death traps. So it burns down and that like dashes Fitzgibbon's like wish to go and see his mother in the motherland and all of that, which was kind of sad. So but... I think it is sweet at the very end when they bring his mother in, but I don't think it was necessary. Well, let's get to that scene here in a minute because okay. there's a little bit more before we get there. Okay. <laughs> Hold that thought. But that's when um, Church Burns is like, oh, my God, I have no hope left. He's in bed sick. And this is when we understand that the boys choir is traveling with Jenny and like she's getting like $3,500 back, which didn't look it up. But that's probably 10, 20 grand, like lots of money, um, lots of money. And so that's like, oh, how how is the pilot light of your hope in your heart? This was a little schmaltzy for me, but like, I thought it was generally well acted. I believed it fine. And then we get some scenes with them rebuilding the church and it's finally understood that O'Malley has to leave. Oh yeah. He's for getting a reassigned. New are you tearing up? I'm not tearing up right now. It looks like your eyes I are I might watery. tear up in a minute. Well, well you tear like... up at random moments too. Not in this movie. It's because I'm wearing contacts. Not in this movie. <laughs> and so it was really sweet the scene in the under construction like temporary church where Fitzgibbons is basically owning all of the bullshit that he put O'Malley through where he's like, Oh, you're really good at taking on these old coots that don't are like really set in their ways and are not nice to you and all this stuff. So i like, that was a sweet scene and mm-hmm. I enjoyed that quite a bit. And that's kind of rolls into the final goodbyes. Which is, we have one with Tony, which again is sweet. It's like, Tony, take over the choir. It was really nice. But again, I hated Tony's voice. Well, Every time he talked, I was like, you're not in a 1920s cartoon. (laughs) Stop sounding like it. But he's now wearing like a suit. We've understood that. He's mature. Tony Tony has changed. He's now in charge of the choir. He traveled with Jenny in the opera. Obviously, it's a transformative experience, Maggie. I mean, I feel like it would be, actually. <laughs> it probably would be. So I shouldn't be so snarky. But um, then we get another really sweet scene between O'Malley and Fitzgibbons. And this one line that this I actually turned up for. I'm sure that the way to say what I'd like to say will occur to me after you're gone. That was a really nice line. I really liked that one. Oh, my God. Because I felt that so much. And I'm tearing up now. This is why I just leave. So (laughs) (laughs) why I don't goodbye. This is why I just. So that piece. Maybe this is why they call it an Irish exit when you just leave because O'Malley definitely O'Malley straight up just leaves at the end. Like he says his goodbyes earlier, but he never says a final goodbye. He just leaves. Right, because he he's (laughs) just make sure that Fitzgibbon's mom gets in there, and we have Jenny there for some reason. Don't know why Jenny's there. It's fine. We're fine with Jenny Um, being there because she's just 
the so sweetest. They, the choir sings the folk song, that Irish folk uh-huh. song. And then we get the scene where Fitzgibbons and his mother like walk slowly toward one another and they're crying and it's so it's sweet. sweet. But again, I was like, I, I was don't crying. need this. I didn't need it either, but it was nice. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I liked how that ended, and then you saw O'Malley I liked, like I liked make sure the it choir. happened. I liked the choir, but again, I wanted that choir to be like that scene to me should have been like a grand reconciliation between O'Malley and Fitzgibbons. Like I, I wanted that to be the reconciliation, and it wasn't. No, they had many recon like five mini reconciliations. I know. So get rid of like three of them and <laughs> four of them, and have one big one at the end that actually packs an emotional punch. I mean, that's fair. That's totally fair. But I did like that he just walked out at the end. I did, too. That was very much in character for me. Yes. So I, yeah, I was game. Cool. So, but that wraps up, I guess, the watch notes. Sorry, I like really glossed over some stuff there at the end. It's We had discussed a lot of it earlier. Yeah, we really Sorry if you're mad, listeners. You can tell us if you're mad. We can take it. (laughs) If you also just like, if you love this movie, I'd I'd love to hear more. Like, I mean, I didn't hate it, but like. I actually really liked it. Not a not a fave for me. I mean, um, it's too long. Not a fave, but I did like it. Okay, so rankings. So for me, I decided that I liked going my way less than How Green Was My Valley, but more than Mutiny on the Bounty. Okay, so that's your number. So it is my number 10 at this point. 10. My new number 10. Okay. So I think the thing is, for How Green Was My Valley... Like, it didn't have so much... Well, it didn't have any throwaway subplots. Like, to me, some of the emotional impact was very similar, but, like, How Green Was My Valley was much more tidy and efficient and impactful. Now, in terms of mutiny on the bounty, I just... I'm going to be honest. I just enjoyed the musical dramedy more than I enjoyed, like the nautical film with a weird awkward like interlude in some exotic i actually have trouble with mutiny because the first third is so incredibly good yeah i don't forgive it for the last two thirds though well i would say the last (laughs) third has actually like the last third's also pretty good and it has some like really really good parts to it it's that middle bit that's just horrible and i'm sorry i can't forgive it like it's, I just, I have trouble sometimes placing stuff around mutiny because of that. Cause I'm like, I had such a strong reaction to like the first yeah. part of it that I'm, and was so blown away by the first part of it that I'm just like, there, there were, there are really good takeaways, but like, yeah. Yeah. But um, it's like the structural issues that mm-hmm. we talked about oh, yeah. in uh, going my way are kind of mirrored in mutiny in oh, that case, 100%. but I still like mut- uh, mutiny less. Yeah. Okay. So it's your number 10. It is my new number 12. Oh. Yes. Whoa. Yeah. So it is after You Can't Take It With You and before The Great Ziegfeld. Okay. I'm I'm on board with yeah, this. Yeah. So, and I actually was a little bit debating if it was before or after You Can't Take It With You. Um, I think they have very similar themes in like the idea of the younger generation versus the older generation yes. and like kind of, you know, people learning to meet each other halfway and that kind of thing. I think You Can't Take It With You executes it's a little better. Um, the script is tighter and the supporting characters are better. Like You didn't have there, throwaway subplots. Then there are some problems with some of the supporting characters in You Can't Take It With You, but not nearly as many as with um, Going My, like, right. My Way. Like with Going My Way, I thought the two leads did a really good job. And Jenny did a good job, and that's it. And you can't Not take it Timmy? with you. 
Timmy was good. Oh, Timmy was good. <laughs> I forgot about Timmy. But like in you can't okay, take so it with you. Okay, so we didn't do good enough apparently. <laughs> but like in you with you can't take it with you, like the supporting cast was just stronger. Yeah. And the characters yeah. were just written better. Like there were no carols in you can't take it with you. Gene Arthur's character got a little close sometimes. But I mean, like that's going to be a thing now. The carol of a movie is There were no carols. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's why I'm ranking it like that. Um I I, I don't know. Would you? I feel like this is one people could skip. Honestly, I don't know how you feel. I it's really long. It is not at the top of my list honestly, of things to watch. I would so, say yeah, skip it's this fine one. To skip it. Yeah, skip this one. Watch the sequel. Watch Bells of St. Mary's. It's the um, Bing Crosby playing the same character. Deferring to you on this. Well, it's I've Bing not Crosby it. playing the same <laughs> character, so you get the delightful character of Father O'Malley. Yeah, but it's just a better movie, and like it has Ingram Bergman. So there we go. Say no more. Yeah. <laughs> so I that would be my recommendation there. Awesome. I like it. Okay. So, so I guess that wraps it up for going my way. Um, if you want to find us on social media, we're on Instagram and Twitter at Best Pictures Pod. If you want to email us in, which again, we'd really appreciate it, especially if you have like a very strong argument for this movie because it wasn't one of the stronger ones to either of us. Like we would love to hear a different take. Email us in at bestpicturespodcast at gmail.com. Please subscribe, rate, review, especially rate and review. That yes, really please. does help us. Um, and I guess tune in next time. I don't remember what the next one is. It is The Lost Weekend, which is a very Whoa. appropriate one to forget. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. Because I've heard, you know, it's about like going on a bender. So Really? Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Huh. Apparently it's a downer. Oh, well, we've had our one comedy for, <laughs> exactly. for the next Got five years. Exactly. Got four more to watch until. <laughs> four more. So. All right. Thanks for listening. Catch you next time.